the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrew K. Show. It is hump day. Hump day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hump day. As we were resuming, well, you know, we never stopped counting down the days. We did a Monday. We did our Friday Eve because you know what? We we figured it. We weren't. I refused to accept the new normal. I did as much as I could when this thing started to stay in normal mode, and I will continue to do so, even if it means I have to leave the state of California to reject the nonsense that is happening here and the complete utter control they are clamping down on us from. Uh, Ten different ways a Sunday. We'll see if they how long they're able to get away with that. And we've got uh, some more news related to some more of the uh, collateral damage that's been done to uh, some significant institutions here in San Diego. A little bit later on the show, we've just got so much to cover in tonight's show. We got to talk about what's happening in Minneapolis. We got to talk about what's happening in uh, the vote that was going to take place tonight in the FISA bill. We've got to talk about Trump's threats that he's made to social media. Uh, to, to shut it down, basically. So much to cover tonight. Great panel of guests for you as well. We've got former, first time on the Andrea K. Show, we've got former uh, acting attorney general, Matt Whitaker, who was uh, acting attorney general when it was all going down, babies. He's going to be here to talk about the breaking news about Rod Rosenstein's going to be called before Congress and the Senate Judiciary Committee, as well as the vote taking place on the FISA bill. So it's fantastic he's coming on tonight to give us his perspective. At the bottom half of the hour, our girl Megan Barth, Reagan Babe, is going to be back to talk about the still controversial mail-in ballots. You know what's you know what's breaking? It's on the news all day long, and top news that they're going after Trump and going after Kaylee and uh, to push for this because there's power in it for them, right? So we've got to continue to educate the American people as to what this mail it mail-in ballot situation is. And Megan Barth has been one of the people that's been. On top of the topic of voter fraud and all the different ways that it's going down in this country. So I'm excited to have her on to talk about that tonight, as well as Trump's threats and what's happening over on Twitter. So um, we've got also, gee, I've got a story that I didn't get time to bring to you guys yesterday that has to do with the Islamic terrorist attack that nobody's talking about that happened in Corpus Christi. Uh, that and maybe we might even squeeze in a little talk about Central Park Karen because I think that I ignored the story at first and I think it actually has some bigger implications. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight. And the man who's going to keep it rolling, including squeezing in some of your calls, hopefully, uh, 888-344-1170. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. We are streaming live on Facebook at TheAnswerSanDiego.com as well as our favorite little conservative Facebook group called Caniacs, of which I am paying tribute with my T-shirt tonight. 
So the man who's going to keep it rolling tonight, who's taking over in the full-time role, it's none other than DJ Tater Skins. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. I will bring potatoes back. Bigger and better and stronger than ever before, and we will make potatoes great again. Thank you. Thank you very much. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Other than Trump, it's going to be Sour Cream and Chives 2020. <laughs> um, all right, all right, how do I get into seriousness after that? He's, like, he's <laughs> making me laugh right off the bat. Um, because every time I turned on any news broadcast today, whether it was radio, I, I don't think it was any of my Salem peeps today that I was listening to. I, I turned the dial all over the place, TV and radio, because I got to know what, what the craziness is going on. Everybody I turned to today, except for Salem host, it was almost word for word the same. Today we reached the grim milestone. Today we reached the grim milestone. And the the milestone number that they've reached in terms of the death count, first of all, is a bunch of baloney because we know from the jump that they've been labeling anybody who parachuted out of an airplane anywhere near a hospital labeled as a coronavirus death. We know that they, they did the lockdowns on the basis of inflated numbers. We know that they're lying to us about the numbers. Uh, case numbers as well. So uh, why are they continuing to push out the death count? For the same reason why, and during eight years of President George W. Bush, we heard the death count every day on every news outlet of our troops that we lost in battle, but then they stopped doing it with Obama. So the death count is all about continuing to stoke fear and panic and to tell the and, and to blame President Trump for the loss of 100,000 lives. But the real milestones that they should be talking about the more significant milestones they should be talking about. But, but, but even before I get into some of the milestones, how about if you're going to include the death counts related to coronavirus? Because like in the case of San Diego, where we have 250 coronavirus-related deaths, when only seven people of those 250 actually died from coronavirus, if you're going to give a death count of coronavirus-related deaths, why don't you include the lockdown deaths associated with it? We have all over this country up to four times... The suicide rate, annual suicide rate, four times the annual suicide rate happening just in the course of the last month across this country. Yeah, I think the mental health of the country is something that is severely ignored by a lot of people. Glad you brought that up, DJ Potato Skins, because 30% of Americans now show signs of clinical depression. I read that today, yeah. 30%. 20, here's another milestone nobody's talking about. You have a sick economy, you create sick people. We are manufacturing, we are murdering people in this country. How come if they were going to give the milestone? Milestone uh, death count. How come they didn't include those numbers everywhere today of the 4,500 elderly sick patients that were then put into nursing homes intentionally to kill off grannies? And yeah, I said it. Of course it was intentional because the hospitals were empty. Here's a milestone. We spent trillions of dollars that we uh, that we borrowed, went into debt to do things like creating makeshift hospitals around the country that sat empty while governors like Cuomo put sick elderly people in nursing homes to infect other elderly people who died. How come when they gave the milestone tonight, they didn't say, hey, 50 percent of the people who have died who actually died from coronavirus. Although, really, if you're 85 years old and you've got four or five comorbidities, you really died from uh, from being old. Right. Not even from coronavirus. But if you're going to attribute it to coronavirus, why didn't they include any of those numbers in the math? Why didn't they educate the American people that 50 percent of this 
as seniors, average age 80. That's an important number. How about this number, DJ Potato Skins? A milestone, 39 million people unemployed strictly as a result of the economic murder going on in this country. Oh, it's devastated the uh, the livelihoods of so many different professions and families across this nation. It's 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 despicable. Well, yeah, I don't have a total because nobody's bothered to investigate potato skins. The the number of the actual dollar figure lost to personally lost that they're still liable for business owners who may have taken out second mortgages on their home or taken out large. You think of like, we've got like some chains here, like we've got, and I don't know um, if a Johan who started Breakfast Republic and Fig Tree and all that, I don't know what his business model is, but he's been in major expansion mode. You can't do that without some heavy loans that you've gotten from banking institutions. And I don't believe that those banking institutions are saying to any small business or any business owner, oh, you know what? You no longer own that. You you don't owe us that money anymore. We don't know that we don't know the total dollar amount of retirements that were completely wiped out. We don't we don't know yet. We don't even know the impact of landlords who, who happen to like you own a home and then you then you've got one little condo you're renting out. How they've suffered maybe in, in terms of not getting paid the rent. We do know that 1.4 million hospital workers have been laid off. We know that. We know 25% of small business owners are never to return their business completely gone. And then we don't know the economic impact of, of, of how all that's going to reach out. So let's say you've got 25% of small businesses gone under. What's going to happen to those properties, carrot sticks? Well, I'm the other vegetable, but uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's an excellent question. Man, people don't think long term about this and as you were stating just moments ago it's unbelievable that to to think that you know well there's going to be forgiveness and the the banks aren't going to come after their money well eventually i think you're going to they're going to want to get paid the uh, we don't yet know how many more americans are going to die as a result of these lockdowns that are continuing because lockdowns continue when you set such ridiculous onerous regulations on businesses like disneyland and disney world are saying they're going to reopen in july but you're going to have to make a reservation and you're going to have to be willing to be six feet apart and wear a mask all day long i don't know it's not going to be the same experience well who's going to bother i don't know anybody that goes to disney loves disney more Uh, more than you right here and i mean can can you can you wear a mask all day i do open to close when I go and I go for days at a time I, I, I can't do it way. I can't do it at a six foot distance and I'm not going to do it wearing a mask all day long How to many- be honest thinking about the experience in my head and the many times that I've gone I don't know how just just the way the dynamic of the park is set up, how you can even think that there can be the six feet apart you thing. Can't. And it's, to be able to make it work, you can't do it. It's stupid. And then what are they going to charge? $650 for a, two, uh, a two-park day pass? Oh, oh you're going to see a park admission skyrocket. It, that, that's a no-brainer. So we don't have anything reopening here. We've got continued lockdowns. And it, and it's, we, it's insanity. One of the things that has to happen is we must, and I've been saying it from the beginning, I congratulate Mark Moisure uh, as well as Harmi all the lawsuits that they have filed on the state of California against Gavin Newsom. But, and I asked him on my show, until somebody, somebody puts an end to to these masks and the six-foot distancing requirements, we will have continued, prolonged, unrecoverable economic destruction and untold deaths in this country as a result of it, from suicides, from drug abuse, from child abuse, from spousal abuse, and women being murdered, from people not getting their cancer treatments, and on and on and on. We've got to shift gears. We've got to 
take it back to the DOJ and the deep state because there's breaking news that's happening tonight. And I'm fortunate to have former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker, who will be next with us. We're going to talk about the breaking news on Rod Rosenstein, the FISA bill and more. So don't go away. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I'm super excited to have my next guest with me. Because as you guys know, I have been saying from the jump, going back to 2016, I said, I want to know the probable cause for a sitting Democrat president to launch a surveillance campaign against the opposition party and his team. And now we know all this time later, they never had any probable cause. And it got even worse than that. It has been a targeting, flat out manufacturing crimes against people, lying to FISA courts. And even more than that, involved in a coup attempt. And here to discuss is former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker, who's actually got a book out that I can't wait to read. It's called Above the Law, the inside story of how the Justice Department tried to subvert President Trump. And I got so many questions for him in such little time. And so we're going to try to get it all squeezed in. If you've got a question for him, please do so. Comment on Facebook Live and I'll try to squeeze it in. Hello, former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Glad to be with you, Andrea, and you're absolutely right. I agree with everything you just said. (laughs) So, you know, it's been four years of just more finding out more and more and more and more the depths of the deep state, the depths of the actions that they took. We're now finding out handwritten notes. Hey, how are we going to go about this? We're going to try to get him fired. Are we going to get him prosecuted? You know, what's our game plan here? And Peter Strzok begging uh, to, oh, you, you didn't close that down yet, even though you knew that there was no Russian collusion. How about y'all keeping it open so we can go get us some Mike Flynn and get him taken down? And that we find out the unmasking in the January 5th meeting. And, uh, you know, it's just absolutely astounding to me. I grew up having complete faith in our in our not so much um, Congress people and presidents and any of that, but the institutions that we always put our faith in was our justice system and our top law enforcement agency, the FBI. And my faith in it has been shaken to the core. Christopher Ray hasn't done anything to make me feel any better about it. But let's go back to your time there, of which you document in your book. What can you share with us about this coup attempt? And and kind of one of the things that I'm wondering about is from your perspective is so much we keep hearing, oh, it's just a few bad apples at the top. I don't think it is. I want to know how deep it really goes in these institutions. Well, uh, how much time you got? Because this is going to be a long conversation, but, you know, sort of boil it down. Uh, There, there were people that, you know, some of them are on the cover of my book, Jim Comey, Andy McCabe, Peter Strzok. There were others, James Baker, Michael Corton, uh, Lisa Page. We know the names. Um, what they did um, to our country is inexcusable first. Uh, what they tried to do was undo the election of 2016, as you said. And ultimately, uh, they they violated the rules, regulations, the laws. But, you know, fundamentally, they didn't follow regular order at the Department of Justice. And this is, you know, really the the hopeful part, I think, of what's changed 
since uh, I took over as acting attorney general, Bill Barr took over for me. And, you know, and Chris Ray, who I agree with you, he needs to explain more of the changes that have happened, what what has uh, what he has done to ultimately uh, fix these systemic problems. But, you know, I'm not going to paint with so broad a brush tonight to suggest that every single person at the the FBI is a bad actor, because I I think, you know, I worked with so many of them. The, the line uh, agents, the, the people that were on my security detail, so many fine public servants that, you know, are as appalled as you are mm-hmm. and I am as to what happened. So I think there, you know, it was a culture that Jim Comey created while he was director that the ends justified the means, that they were going to cut corners, that they weren't going to do things by the book. And that ultimately led to a lot of these challenges that we face and they're being cleaned up. I think we're, you know, unfortunately, it's not happening fast enough. You know, Chris Ray is not doing things as quickly as I think a lot of us would hope he would. Um, but, you know, we did chase a lot of these folks out, either firing them mm-hmm. or having them resign. Uh, and I think there's still more to be done. But I think we are I think we're on the, the, the upside of this. I think the you know, the long term damage is still needs to be repaired. But I think we, we are uh, seeing the restoration of the integrity at the FBI to make sure this never happens again. I hope so. I think the reason why people are starting to question how deep and wide it is, is a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, in the past three years, there's been a whole lot of obstruction of justice in terms of certain people. You know, why are we just now seeing these notes? There's still a 302 that's missing, according to Sidney, uh, that, uh, of which, you know, Judge Sidney Powell, of which Judge Sullivan's like, oh, you know, people just lose things. You know, we're talking about the same people that just allowed Hillary Clinton to lose 30,000 emails that were under the pieces of government property under subpoena. So, and it's hard to imagine that this culture only involves like four or five people. You have to believe that it involved Obama. And you also have to believe that there was a whole lot of people within there that were aiding and abetting along the way, because otherwise you got to think there's four or five people were, were handling this, maybe eight or 10. What were the other 30,000 people doing? You know, so and, and I think but also because there hasn't been any accountability and I'm not sure the American people who sat back and watched Christian Saucier go to prison for six photos on a cell phone are going to be okay with nobody and Matt and, and Mike Flynn being destroyed financially and professionally Manafort being targeted Cohen as well as the Trump and the Trump and his family continue to be targeted and have nobody including Andrew McCabe whose charges charges were already recommended for him and to see nobody get prosecuted do you expect any accountability Matt Whitaker uh, you know I do expect accountability I think accountability is soon okay. uh, and you know, but 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 your point is well made, and it's one of the, the the topics that I discuss in my book is the double standard. That is, you know, all you have to do is look at what happened to Michael Flynn mm-hmm. and the way he was treated, the way he was pursued, the way he was prosecuted, and just compare and contrast that to Andy McCabe. Mm-hmm. And exact same crime, exact same allegations. Uh, Andy McCabe gets a complete walk. Right. Uh, never has to do anything. Gets the CNN contract writes a book, you know, again, pays no price. And Michael Flynn is literally drugged through the fires of hell. And still. So I completely agree with you. And, you know, and now the judiciary is jumping in on, on, you know, kind of the, what the FBI had done and making it even, you know, twice as hard to get justice for, uh, for General Flynn. So I I get it. And I understand uh, why a lot of Americans, uh, you know, not only, want accountability, but are asking, where is the accountability? But, you know, when I listen to General Barr, I hear him say, 
that John Durham, the U.S. Attorney from Connecticut, who's looking into these matters, has targets, crimes have been committed, and they're building cases. And I, and I think that's going to be the first step. And I think the next step is to tell the entire story of what happened in this January 5th, 2017 meeting. Why did Susan Rice write this email on the 20th, uh, in the last moments that she had access to her you know, mm-hmm. computer? And ultimately, why did Jim Comey, after you know three, two weeks ago telling the President of the United States it was going to be by the book, essentially violate all the books that mm-hmm. I know of, especially the Justice Manual, and sending two agents over it the first couple, you know, the four days into the uh, Trump administration. So I, I agree. I mean, I, listen, and, and I, you know, I, I supervised the Mueller investigation. You know, while I was supervising it, it was, you know, they were they were telling me one thing, it appears, mm-hmm. and doing something quite the opposite. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of folks, and that's one of the reasons I wrote this book, is to tell this story and to make sure people understand that a lot of these folks uh, that, you know, kind of hold themselves out as, you know, exemplars of justice are quite frankly people that, you know, that break the rules and the end always justifies the mean because they right. don't like Donald Trump and they don't like what he stands for. Well, and it certainly looks like they're breaking the law. Unmasking and revealing that to the media is 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 a felony from what I understand. Jim Comey leaking classified information to a friend of his in the media who happens to, I guess, now be his attorney, is breaking the law. Lying to the FISA courts, withholding exculpatory information. They're required to, to reveal anything that's favorable to the target in the FISA courts. They didn't. In fact, they lied. You know, they would leak to BuzzFeed or whatever and then act as though that was supporting, you know, uh, evidence uh, to go to the FISA courts. They knew that that dossier was a bunch of lies and they knew it was paid for by Hillary Clinton and didn't include that information. And the covering up of the crimes of Hillary Clinton was key to this as well. And I just think that unless unless somebody does it, unless somebody's dragged out of their home like Roger Stone at 5 a.m. was with, you know, some cameras outside. I'm just not sure the American people are going to feel good again about even I'm beginning to get concerned about how people are going to view the Trump administration, because at some point I'm concerned the base are going to go, you know what, this is Trump's DOJ now and Trump. The Trump administration needs to start holding some people accountable. Um, I've got to ask mm-hmm. you about Jeff Sessions, A.G. Whitaker, um, because I I was concerned about him from the jump. I didn't like his answers to questions in the nomination hearing. I felt like he was way too solicitous uh, to the people. And then he recused himself. Uh, and I know that Trump is going at him on Twitter. What, what are your thoughts on Jeff Sessions and how he handled it? Yeah, I was his chief of staff for 13 months, and I, you know, was had a front row seat to the whole thing. What I wasn't there for was his actual decision to recuse. What I was there for is, you know, seeing how it created essentially two power bases at the Department of Justice, where you had the Deputy Attorney General supervising the uh, Russia investigation, and the attorney, the, you know, Jeff Sessions in charge of everything else. And it created a very difficult uh, management uh, challenge, as you can imagine. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I had to do my own recusal analysis related to the Mueller investigation. I determined that it was unnecessary for me to recuse um, based on what I had previously said about the Mueller investigation. Uh, You know, each decision is so based on the facts and circumstances. Since I wasn't there, it's hard for me to decide, you know, kind of did he make the right decision in the moment? What I do know is is that the aftermath is obvious to see is that, you know, ultimately it created... Uh, the environment that the Mueller investigation uh, kind of took off and 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 really ran um, ran its course, and and it really caused uh, chaos and damage in so many fronts. It was used as a cudgel to you know bash Trump and and people associated with Trump, and I think it like yourself you know, it really um, 
Yeah. <laughs> they I went mean, after you, know, you was, when you got. <laughs> I was in the way, you know, there's no doubt. And, and it's fine. I, listen, I, I it was an honor of a lifetime to serve uh, the country and to serve this administration. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, and, you know, I get it. It's, you know, I, somebody once told me that politics is a sport played with blunt instruments. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, I understand. But, you know, when you're doing the right thing for the right reason and people are still attacking you and criticizing you, it really it just shows you how disingenuous the mainstream media is. And, you know, kind of those folks, I, you know, I'm, I'm a I'm a forgiving man. But but those folks, I will never forgive yeah. for some of the BS that we all had to deal with. Well, I'm super excited to read your book because to 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 be, and to even be talking to you now, somebody who was there in the middle of it behind the scenes and can share with us from your perspective what was going on with these people and not Andrew McCabe's account, but you know a, 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 a truthful account of what went on with these people right. and how they attempted to subvert this this country and with the coronavirus and all the breaking news and what's going on in Minneapolis, it's so easy for this the greatest scandal in the history of the United States to not get the focus that it deserves. And so I thank you for your service to this country. I thank you for writing this book, Above the Law, the inside story of how the Justice Department tried to subvert President Trump. Uh, Thank you for writing that book and for being here tonight. I appreciate it. You know, I really appreciate spending this time with you as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. We're a little bit over break, but I'm so I was so honored to have him here. When we come back, we're going to talk to Megan Barth. Don't go away. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. It's been a while since I had her on my show. She's a fan favorite. So, of course, I'm talking about Megan Barth, Reagan Babe, and she joins me now to talk about one of the hot topics of the day. It's what's going on with Twitter and social media. And there's it's just more and more uh, continuing to happen with this topic. Hey, girl, welcome back to the show. So good to be with you, Andrea. Okay, so um, Twitter things. Let's in case the people don't know what's been happening over at Twitter. Uh, so Trump decides that he's had enough of this morning Joe and his haint, whatever her name is, wife. Okay. And for the all not from the South, haint is not a compliment. Anyway, <laughs> so he's, he's like, he's had about enough of these two. So he tweets out, maybe somebody needs to open up a cold case file on that, on that morning Joe. So then Twitter decides, uh, they're going to go after him and they start fact checking him, uh, particularly on when he decides to tweet out the truth that mail in ballots are rife with fraud and all this kind of stuff. And so um, we're going to talk about the mail in ballot fraud issue in a moment with Megan. But now it's really gotten um, they shouldn't have gone after Trump so hard because now he's like hey tomorrow i'm going to come out with an executive order and he's tweeting out that he's going to put an end to the censorship of conservatives even if he has to take matters into his own hands with regulations i'm not sure that that's really the way to go but somehow this problem has to be solved how do you see it well when bob uh when obama basically granted amnesty to all of the dreamers uh through executive order i was actually talking about this earlier today and i said sure you know write an executive order and let the left take you to court because the left loves court when they're not trying to change election laws in court uh they're trying to silence conservatives uh they i mean look at what the press did to the covington brothers 
or the Covington boys, rather. Right. Uh, you know, look at how the press has treated conservative children. Uh, just happening to, you know, just visiting D.C., where, you know, supporting the president. They were vilified, crucified on the public stage. They actually lied. Where was Twitter fact checking when they were pushing out that 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 uh, that it was the Covington kids who were the aggressors against the I don't remember his name because I don't like him uh, when uh, they were flat out lying. And that's why Sam, that's why Nicholas Salmon ended up winning a a Buku settlement against CNN and other outlets uh, coming forth. Right. So Twitter is now wearing its ugly hat, as it has for quite some time. It's shadow banned conservatives. James O'Keefe of Project Veritas exposed uh, the bowels of Twitter. Twitter is actually hiring people that are friendly with the Communist Party. Uh, the guy that actually is part of the ethics, uh, you can believe it, uh, in, in Twitter and, and looks for, you know, violations like hate speech. Uh, he has anti-Trump uh, language all over his tweets. So, you know, they're biased. And the difference is, is Twitter or Google, the, the Internet, you know, et al., is it a, a platform of free speech or is it a publisher? And as soon as you start censoring, you become a publisher. Now, tell everybody what that means and why that's critical. Well, that's critical because they are protected under the Community Decency Act, which I think, believe is Section 230, which basically protects. Uh, much like it does the press, but different uh, statutes. But it protects them from libel. It protects them from being sued, uh, from billions of dollars. They're given this protection because they are considered a platform of information, free flow of information. Uh, You're a platform of free speech. Uh, It is the communication, uh, you know, highway, if you will. Um, And they are also becoming news sources. Uh, like Facebook, for example, entered the news. Google entered the news. Apple entered the news. So if they're only giving one side or if they're or if they are uh, making sure that you see only one side of the argument, then they're publishers. And so they need to have these restrictions lifted where they cannot be sued. They should be able to be sued, uh, mm-hmm. especially if they are censoring and violating First Amendment rights. Uh, of, of American citizens. Well, I think, yeah, in fact, uh, Matt Gates tweeted out tonight, if you're going to opine as to the truth or falsity of that which is put on your platform for the sake of its viewers, you should not get the protections of Section 230. So thank you for explaining, because I saw that and I didn't even know what that meant. Um, I yeah, do, yeah. It's the difference between a platform of free information, free speech, or a publisher of information. Well, isn't that typical of liberals? They want to have their cake and eat it, too. They want to have complete control with no accountability, right? Yeah, but they're the party of science. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what Trump does tomorrow. And, of course, Judge Napolitano, he had to come out today and say, look, Trump, you ain't got no rights as a president under the Constitution to be regulating anything. Well, you're right. Let him fight it out. You know, what Trump is prepared to do what no other Republican is prepared to do, actually get down and roll around with the left and 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 play hard. You know, the Republicans, all they want to do is show up like Mitt Romney with a spork from KFC when the left wants to show up with, you know, uh, a sword or a machete. And it's actually a little over 
do for this because, uh, you know, uh, Laura, you, you look at the way conservatives have been deplatformed and destroyed financially. They're not just pretending like they're platforms for free speech. They are actually trying to market themselves. Hey, give us your money. Invest in our platform with sponsored ads and um, doing this kind of promotion for your business or for your brand, including conservatives. And you'll raise, if you give us money, you'll raise your profile on our platform. Meanwhile, they're shadow banning, taking money. So to me, I'm wondering why there hasn't been a lawsuit against them for fraud and the inducement, just in terms of taking money from people under that under that model, which has has not which isn't true because you're going to you pretend that you're going to provide people an opportunity if they give you money to basically advertise. And then meanwhile, you're not running their ads or worse. You're taking off people like uh, Laura uh, Loomer and Diamond and Silk and others. Right. And look at what they did. uh, Look what YouTube uh, did to Dennis Prager. Right. Uh, which was basically to platform all of PragerU, and he had millions and millions of viewers. And so, again, they are either highways of free information and free speech uh, platforms, that, uh, uh, or they are publishers. Let's and t- so, uh, like, and, and Trump, you know, the, the Democrats would take this away through executive order. Are you kidding? They, they threatened executive orders on guns. Yeah. And, and they, Joe uh, Biden yeah. actually has, uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, basically said that she would go after the Second Amendment with a, an executive order. Well, and, and, and Beto O'Rourke pretty... That Obama, yeah. Don't forget that Obama said that if Republicans bring a knife to the fight, they'll bring a gun. Yes. Well, guess what? We got a new sheriff in town, and he's got a loaded gun, and mm-hmm. he ain't afraid to use it, and I mean legally. One of the reasons why Twitter went after him was him tweeting the truth. About mail, right. mail-in ballots and how they're rife with fraud. In fact, there was an article today uh, that in, from West Virginia that they charged a postal carrier with attempted fraud for tampering with requests for vote-by-mail uh, absentee ballots. I reported yesterday a story from 2016, but some dude uh, got an 89-year-old got 83 mail-in ballots in the mail. Of course the Democrats are pushing for this, and of course they're using public health as an excuse for it. But, you know, uh, it's, it's, all about, it's all about fraud. You're you have done more uh, research and, and investigated more on voter fraud than anybody else that I know. How can you get people to understand that, that what's at stake here with this? I'll try to put it in the simplest of terms. What Democrats are trying to confuse everyone with is the confusion between absentee ballots and mail-in ballots. Well, absentee ballots, well, that's how Trump votes. Well, absentee ballots are much different than mail-in ballots, and this is how. Absentee ballots require a verification steps, an ID, a proof of address, an excuse why you're gone, a certain age. For example, in Texas, you have to be 65 or have a disability. You know, there are certain verification steps that absentee ballots have and have always had. Signature verification is one. Now, what the Democrats want to do is do all mail-in ballots, which comes from voter rolls. And we know that voter rolls are dirty. As a matter of fact, in California, in your backyard... Uh, they have to remove 1.6 million bad addresses from the voter rolls due to an agreement they reached with Judicial Watch. So if those 1.6 million ballots were never flagged for removal, you'd have 1.6 million ballots going out through the mail-in system. Where do those end up? Uh, and so now Nancy Pelosi's house? In, <laughs> right, or, or P.O. boxes yeah. or ballot harvesting organizations. So what the Democrats are doing, and they're using Nevada as their um, pin cushion right now to see if it will spread to other states. This is the example. 
They want to eliminate signature verification from absentee ballots, so no more verification step there. They want to go to an all-mail-in ballot system, so basically going around voter ID or any sort of verification. Um, They want to ballot harvest, uh, which is illegal in most states. It's only legal in a handful everywhere where it's legal. It helps Democrats. Oh, yeah, Democrats they flipped here in California. They flipped six congressional seats in the midterms correct. with ballot harvesting. That gave Nancy Pelosi the gavel. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's he, what gave Nancy Pelosi the gavel. So they want to replicate that throughout. Democrats do not change voting laws to help Republicans. Democrats change voting laws and processes to help yeah. Well, what do you th- what could uh, what do we do? You know, the Republicans wasted the majority uh, back when they could have done some legislation making voter ID a requirement. Uh, wh- what do we do now? Well, I say that President Trump should float the voter ID executive order. I say start pulling out all the arsenal and let states know that this should be on the ballot. Uh, the Republican Party has been fighting 23 different lawsuits across the country, whereby Mark Elias, who's Hillary Clinton's lawyer, on behalf of the DNC and American Priorities USA, Mi Familia Vota and other groups, are suing certain counties to change voting laws in those counties. One is Clark County, Nevada. However, they reached an agreement, pulled back the lawsuit. They found a judge in Dallas who basically said, Oh, yeah, for that absentee ballot that you need to be 65 for with a disability. Well, you don't need to be that anymore because having fear of getting the virus is a disability. Wow. Uh, They are suing the heck out of different organizations. And the GOP, uh, led by Ronna McDaniel, is fighting. But it's coming down to the court. And that's why the courts are so important. Uh, Many of these decisions, like Wisconsin, will go to the Supreme Court. Uh, But if you know people fighting voter fraud, like True the Vote, like that organization, get with them and learn to fight back because the voting rolls start in your county. So your school board, your judges, your sheriff, your DA, um, you know, all of those down ballot positions are so very important. Yeah. Not just the top of the ticket. That's all people think about. You're right. That's right. So, So people have to get involved in their local elections because the tyranny starts in your own backyard. It not, not, doesn't necessarily come from the Capitol. Everybody needs to get Megan's newsletter that goes out. Tell everybody how they can subscribe. Uh, ReaganBabe.com, R-E-A-G-A-N-B-A-B-E, ReaganBabe.com. You'll get it every Saturday morning if you're on the West Coast, and you can have it with your coffee. All right. And oh, you and guys. That's your spam box or your junk box. I don't know why it goes there sometimes. So. Uh-huh. Well, thank you for being here tonight, doll. I appreciate it. Always with the great scoop. All right. All righty. Talk to you soon. You too. All right. Now, stay tuned. We got a little bit more of the Andrea K show coming up. Don't go away. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K A Y E news, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K show on the answer San Diego. So DJ potato skins. What do you, have you heard the latest news in terms of a major casualty economically here in San Diego? I have not. No. 
The Del Mar Fairgrounds has... Oh, man. Yeah, they've asked for $22 million because they're saying that they are not going to be able to stay afloat because of the cancellation of the San Diego County Fair, other shows and events. Wow, I had not heard that. Yeah, so $22 million. Uh, Meanwhile, by the way, uh, Kevin Faulkner was doing some... uh, Spending money to to do some walking areas. I can't remember what he called it. Uh, Look, I don't want the government to give the Del Mar Fairgrounds $22 million. What I want the government to do is stop destroying the state and every industry within it. There's There's absolutely no reason why the San Diego County Fair needed to be canceled. No reason. If you didn't feel safe going to the San Diego County Fair, stay home. Stay home. Now look at this institution that may be gone forever. We're talking about the loss of uh, the horse racing, which I don't go to. but the economic- I go to that, too. Had- uh, this is insane. The gun shows are there. How many, how many major events do we have at the Delmar Fairgrounds throughout the year? This is, just, this, this is insanity that must stop. Meanwhile, we've got these gyms haven't even been allowed to reopen, even after the CDC has come out and said that it's not spread by contaminated surfaces. You know, between gyms and churches, I mean, you're talking, people's physical and, and spiritual well-beings are being traumatically affected. You have to assume that that's the intent. And then you've got Gavin Newsom doing the Zoom meeting today with gym owners where they're begging him we'll do anything you want us to do uh, to much to the dictator's glee this is despicable in this country and and so much of it has to do with don't i don't want to hear any more about county to county reopening and oh look at all these republican states reopening compared to democrat states it's not a reopening when businesses are being controlled in terms of told how many tables they're allowed to have oh you were talking it, about like the, the hair salons and whatnot yeah that's not reopening there's no scientific evidence to support that masks do anything which is why Fauci she said over and over and over again, as well as others, you don't need to wear a mask. In fact, it's creating more issues. It's making people sick. It, it, the sickness that's being inflicted on us and the damage that's being done, it must stop. And I beg of the Trump administration to he he's not wearing a mask unless he's absolutely forced to. Like uh, for some reason, he felt forced to wear one at the Ford plant. Enough. Stop with this insanity before we have irreparable damage there was actually an article i didn't get to today where some former venezuelan said oh now you're getting a taste of what it was like for why i left venezuela we're we, yeah let's just go down the path of venezuela and you know uh, make everybody every business kowtow to the demands of dictators i'd want to talk a little bit about what's going on in minnesota um i saw the video of the cop with his his knee on the man's oh, neck despicable absolutely despicable i don't need to see before or after it looks really bad but i will tell you something i still believe in innocent to proven guilty we must still continue to hold to that standard if i said it applied to brett kavanaugh it applies to everyone it applies to everybody and it has to because that's the only thing that stops us from all being michael flynn this is why Michael Flynn's case matters, because we we have to have a justice system that is blind. We have to have a justice system where the entire burden of proof is put on the government. I would rather have a guilty man go free than innocent people be convicted. Amen to and that. for those of you, uh, President Trump, with his first step act, he's done a lot to try to, to try to get people that were over sentenced out. We've got to make sure that our justice system, if you care about equal justice for all, then you've got to uphold the idea of innocent until proven guilty. And we've got to force the government to the burden of proof. We've got to make sure that they're not withholding exculpatory evidence. Before you decide that you want that cop thrown in jail like the mayor did without any 
uh, due process, you think about whether or not you want a loved one or you want your son to be accused of rape and thrown in jail or yourself and to be prosecuted on not only the basis of no evidence, but on the basis of manufactured evidence. The government coming after you just because they don't like you and who you are. And oh, by the way, the the protesters, I don't hear any complaints about anybody on the left that they're not social distancing. Pete Hegseth on tomorrow night's show. So tune in for that. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Love you all.